and turn to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 6. Paul was addressing somewhat of what Jesus had already pretty well preached, pretty strong and and heavy about. But I've learned that just because we teach something doesn't mean that we are living that. You know, we can read the Bible, and we should, and hopefully that we will learn not only the truth of the Bible, but we'll learn it through life application as we make this uh, apply to our lives. But Paul says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Now, you can say that all day long. Don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be fine. And I know that's about already some of you started worrying when I mentioned that. You know, it's, I don't know why it's in our nature to do that. But, you know, some say, well, you ought to have the peace of God. Well, one of your daddy is lying in hospice dying, and your husband is with three infections, and you had a grandchild almost drowned. Now, to me, that's, and it's the same family. That, now, one of that happened to you. Okay, some of you say, well, I've had it, and, and, and we live like, and by the way, this members of the church that this happened to. Sometimes life comes at us and it don't what? Stop. Now, I'll tell you what's going to upset you the most. I already know you. Whatever is closest to you at the time is where you're going to get the most upset. If it's your children... Your grandchildren, wife, mom and dad, if they're living. If something starts coming to them and and you start jumping from one to the next to the next, and finally you go, whoop, I don't know about you, but I finally say, now, wait a minute, Lord. I'm trying to scratch my head on this. I'm trying to grab, put my arms around it a little bit. And then Paul comes up with a statement, don't you worry about anything. Well, now, first of all, I know you. And when all these things start happening, you, you can say, I don't worry. Okay. Okay. We'll see. He goes on to say, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. If you do this, you will experience whose peace? God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. God's peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right. Think about the things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned. I like how Paul put this from me. You're not going to teach anybody not to worry if you're a worrywart. 
sorry. Tain't going to happen. And I'll tell you who's going to worry right under you. Your kids are going to grow up and worry. Your grandkids will worry if you worry. Because that's what you're going to practice. Paul says, follow. By the way, what happens if our kids do exactly what we do? (laughs) One of our kids follow in our footsteps so that they do exactly what you've done in your life. Now it's getting real quiet. Keep putting, Paul says, into practice all you've learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. You want your kids to be peaceful, then you got to be peaceful. You want them to grow up loving the husbands and or loving wives, or loving mom, loving dad. You do that. You show that. Why do we worry in the first place? Well, some say it's because we don't trust God. Well, I think it's a bit more specific than that. I said this last week. I think some of us worry when we have situations come up in our lives where it's out of our power to settle. I think that that happens like that. And and so there's the temptation to worry. I think it's the uncertainty possibly of an outcome that's been an attack against something we hold dear. What do we do? Get to worry about it. Be unrestless about it. I like to feel in control of my own circumstances. Well, what about the ones you don't feel in control? And, and if you hadn't had any of, that, of those yet, hang on, my friend. Build a house. You'll know what it feels like to be out of control then. Have a child. You can send them grandbabies home. Worry, remember I said, means to choke. It means to strangle. Cause one to feel troubled or uneasy. And, and there are some of you that you worry so much that you're trying to lead everybody to believe that it is a godly attribute. Man, that's right the opposite of what God teaches in his word for you and I. You see, when it comes to worry, it will hit you. And sometimes it will hit you and you go, oh, no, what's going to happen here? pastor friend of mine rallied the preachers around him because some couple in the church got mad and put everything they were mad about and some other lies out there on the internet, on Twitter, on the church Facebook. I'm going to tell you all something. Computers Work good for good people. But you take evil people. Now listen, if you are that type, I'm sorry, but I'm fixing to stomp on your toes. If you take the computer and fight your battles, and you're so weak, and you're so flimsy, 
that you can't be bold unless it's through a keyboard, I pray your computer blow up in your face. Because the Bible didn't say when you have all against your brother to put it on Twitter, to snapshot it, to put it on the church Facebook. It said be man enough, be woman enough to come face to face and deal with your problems. I don't understand it. But we're in that age that... We're just going to whip people into shape, we think. Today, I'm sure that church is in great turmoil for what was put out on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I don't even know how to Twitter. I know how to twinch, but I don't know how to Twitter. <laughs> Joe and, or Josh and his mother-in-law sitting around the table and the grandmother and I was talking about a ditty. And I'm going to share a ditty in a minute. But Josh kind of looked at it like, you know, he didn't want to act like he didn't know what a ditty was. And he said, well, here comes my ditty. <laughs> and I walked in the door. <laughs> well, that wasn't quite what a ditty was and what they were referring to. But when it comes to worry, sometimes I think we worry about things that we have no tendency to worry at all. A wife of a federal district court judge went to a clearance sale and found a perfect green tie to match the one of her husband's coat. A little later, a couple was relaxing at a resort to get his mind off a complicated cocaine conspiracy case, and he noticed a small round disc sewn into his tie. He thought it was suspicious and called the local FBI who was equally suspicious that it might be a bug planted by the conspiracy defendants. The agent sent the device to the FBI court, uh, headquarters in Washington, D.C. for an analysis. A few days later, the judge phoned Washington to find out the results of the test. He was told, we're not sure where that disc came from, but we discovered that when you press it, it plays jingle bells. Ladies and gentlemen, some of your worrying is just as stupid. You worry about everything when it don't go your way or when it comes against you. If you don't think Satan cannot take your finances away, you're a dummy. I pray all the time, dear God, protect what you've blessed me with. If you don't think that God doesn't say in the Scripture that you need to beware about your finances because it can take wings and fly. I knew a man that was almost a double millionaire. He thought he had it made until his millions took wings and flew away. There was a lady many years ago. Her name was Miss Betty. And she owned two nightclubs in her wild and woolly days. She used to take airplanes and go shopping. She had a private pilot. And one day we had just started the food building. 
And I walked out, and there's this woman hanging over this little truck, and her legs are just a dangling. It was Miss Betty. I said, Miss Betty, what you doing? She said, I'm getting this meat off this truck that we had just picked up at a store. She held it up, my Lord. I said, that ain't meat. She said, it is the meat. It was tofu, and I never heard of tofu until I saw that. It looked like one big glob of lard or something, the fat or something. And she thought it was T-bone steak. Now, here this woman was in her early life, owners of a nightclub. Wanted to go shopping? Just called the pilot. Fly me wherever I want to go. Don't you think it won't happen or it can't? You see, someone has placed, said this, that worry is the interest you pay of trouble before it comes. Corey Tim Boone said, when we worry, we're carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. That is, we're carrying two days in one. Someone has well said that worrying people are like tightrope walkers going over a rope, going over a rope from the past to the future. They balance between hope and fear. In one hand, they carry a sack with undigested past, and in the other hand, a sack with anticipated future. It was Jesus who said, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit? Is that all? That's all right, Mark. Getting bad, he's checking the bank account. I'm going to give you some money, son. That's it. You're getting down low. <laughs> I never heard. I, I thought this. I don't know what in the world. Now, here's that, here's that little ditty I was telling you about. Worry never climbed a hill. Worry never paid a bill. Worry never dried a tear. Worry never calmed a fear. Worry never cooked a meal. Worry never fixed a broken wheel. Worry is a useless emotion. But it is useful to 99.9% of most people sitting and listening to me today. Why? Because we make it that way. We use it. It's a part of our, our culture. It's who we are. Paul says in Philippians, be careful for nothing. First of all, we'll get one point out later, Jody. The description of a troubled heart. He says, be careful for nothing. What he means is speaks of being anxious or worried. He says, don't worry about anything. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'll read that, but I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I, 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 it don't take much for me, and I'm worried. And I'll be transparent with you. I, sometimes I... When something hits me and it, it hits me close, I can't sleep. Do I have anybody in the house like that? I can't rest. Man, something hit me a, a few weeks ago and I couldn't think. I couldn't pray. I, could, I, was, just, I was just frozen. Didn't worry about it. Worry does affect us. It, it, it gives us headaches, neck pains, ulcers, back pains. Worry affects our thinking, our digestion, our coordination. 
Worry is one of the most fatal of all transgressions. It's a sin against not one organ of the body, but against the whole body. It's a demon whose pressure is felt upon the heart. And a man who worry is, worries slowly is draining the springs of life in his own body. Oh, I have every reason to worry. You do. Well, what we're admitting to God is we have every reason not to rely on him and not to trust him. It depletes us physically or destroys us, but it also depletes us spiritually. Can't pray. You won't read your Bible. You're not going to do anything like that. When my mama, before my mama died, some of you remember my cousin. Randy, big old tall boy. I don't know. Some, how many of you remember my cousin Randy? Anybody remember him? Good. Not, ain't nobody. Few of you do. Well, I had him kind of working at the thrift store and messing around, you know. And 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 Randy was a cocaine addict, and uh, he was trying his best to get off cocaine. I don't know after talking to him last night if he's off or not. His boy isn't, and uh, his whole family's in uproar. But him and my mama had a had a big blowout. And he said, I'm out of here. And I said, well, I'll see you. And I hadn't heard from him in three and a half years. He wouldn't answer any calls. I just, that's my cousin. I, he's the only real close cousin I had. And finally, yesterday, sitting in Walmart parking lot waiting on Cindy uh, to get her stuff, I happened to get his number, and he answered. I said, thank you, Jesus. So I started talking to him, and all of a sudden, I said, good gosh, no wonder he ain't been calling me. It's the mess that he's been going through. And I told him, I said, look, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's got, just, I'm your cousin. I love you. If you need me, if you want to talk to me, all you got to do is call. He said, well, I ain't going to the Baptist church. I'm going to the Catholic church. I said, well, if you're going, he said, but I've learned to pray, 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 pray. And you know what? The Lord answers some of them prayers. I said, yeah, he will. I just told him, I said, man, it's so cool to hear from you. But you know, all too often, We're worrying about matters that don't matter. One great theologian, his name was uh, Archbishop Trench. It was a time in his life that he became so possessed in fear that his legs were going to go numb. And he was in a state, very important, dignified dinner. And all of a sudden, he just said, it's happened. It's happened. It's over. I can't feel my legs anymore. It's, it, my greatest fear has happened. Lady next to him said, he said, your, your, your highness, he said, I, I want you to know something. He said, he said, if you're worried about it, you're pinching my leg. <laughs> you see, you and I are often pinching at the wrong place. We're blaming the wrong stuff. And God says, hey, look, Paul says, hey, don't worry about nothing. But in all things, it goes on. And the second thing is the direction for trust and heart. 
in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. Have you ever thought about taking your worries to God? As a matter of fact, Jesus said, bring all your burdens and lay them on me. I see many of you do this spiritually. You'll come down here all, and I want you to, and Jesus wants you to, all burdened and all heavy laden, and you get up, and then you get back in your car, and on the way home, you take up what you just left at the altar, if you left it. I promise you, Jesus can handle it a whole lot better than you. As a matter of fact, he allows some things to happen in your life and mine because he's just simply trying to get our attention. And he wants to know, who are you going to trust? The directions for a trusting heart is in everything that you and I do by prayer. That's number two, Jody. And supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. God's answer to worry is prayer. The psalmist said in 55 verse 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. In 2 Kings 19, 14, King Hezekiah got some news. Hezekiah was fixing to die. In 2 Kings chapter 19, he began to cry out unto God. In 2 Kings chapter 20, the Bible says God heard his prayer. What did he do? He gave him an additional 15 years. I hear people all saying, well, I'll tell you right now, this is a done deal. This is all wound up. You can't change God's mind. Well, Hezekiah did. Because... Hezekiah received 15 additional years. Don't tell me we shouldn't take things to God because we we should. Thirdly, the delight of a tranquil heart is verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus. The word keep here is talking about a garrison of soldiers that are standing guard. It's God's peace will guard you from worry. Someone said this, there was a sad Christian who lived in a stew. She had so many troubles, though she knew what she should do. Should she cast them all on Jesus and find sweet relief? But she chose to worry and to suffer much grief. You know what Jesus will let you do? He will let you worry yourself into a grave. He will let you take drugs into your grave. He will let you drink yourself half to death. He will let you smoke yourself to COPD and death. He will let you do all these things. But he says he would love to free you and me. So we're not codependent on some drug or some whatever to make us feel peaceful with ourselves. When we can be peaceful with God. When I was young, I used to smoke. 
<clears throat> Somebody said, why'd you quit? I said, well, I don't think it'd look cool, pastor in the church, smoking. I just don't. So I quit. I said, no problem. Just I'll lay it down. Till I found out who. I wasn't smoking it. Shoot, that thing was smoking me. It was not easy to quit. I was addicted to nicotine. I got a pastor friend that he hides his. And he smokes them electronic things. I went, I was, I went by, uh, yeah, vapor, whatever you want to call it. It's still nicotine. And it's more pure of it, too, by the way. I was, I was behind a car and I almost called 911. A big old puff of smoke came out of that thing. I thought it caught on fire. It was one drag off one of them electronic cigarettes. One drag! Now, thank God you don't kill everybody that you're smoking with in there, but I got news for you. You need to Google and read what they say on the Internet about that thing because you're taking in a lot more content through that. But it just wasn't cool for me. And I, I realized, man, then I started smoking cigars. I love, my problem is in my flesh, I love to smell cigars. I, I love it. Dear God, they smell good. And that's a temptation to me. But unfortunately, I tried smoking cigars, and I, I was eating them. I started chewing them. I was being broke because I was buying cigars so bad. Finally, I said, you know what, God, this ain't cool for me. I got to quit. You know what he did? I said, Lord Jesus, I need your help. I didn't wear a patch. I didn't do anything. I just said, God, I need your help. And he started slowly taking it away. And today, I still like smelling cigars. God, I like them. Ooh, I love it. Kind of reminds me when I, I smoked a big old Boston butt yesterday. That's, that's not cussing. That's, a, that's what it says on the package. But dear God, that smoke smelled good. And I love smoked meat. But listen, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, worry will get on you just like any addiction you ever thought. And it don't turn you loose. You have to turn it loose. You have to release it. How many of you ever heard of George Mueller? Raise your hand. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what denomination he is, but I just wished I could get 10% in my spiritual life the way that man lived. I'm going to give you what he said about worry, and then I'm done. One of the greatest men of God who I believe ever lived rightly said this. The beginning of worry is the end of faith. We'll say that again. The beginning of worry is the end of faith. The beginning of faith is the end of worry. Worry is a spiritual issue. It just is. Mike, you got a spiritual problem? I sure do. Worry. 
have a feeling that I got a buddy or a budette in here. That's the female side of a buddy. (laughs) I feel like I got somebody in here connected to me at the hip that you do the same thing. I'll tell you what I'm learning. It it takes 3.30 in the morning to get it done. But I'm starting to release the things and give it to God. I'm learning. He can handle it because he knows what's going to happen better than me. With your head bowed and your eye 